to Texans Unfiltered. And here we go, here we go! A Houston football podcast for your Houston Texans. Alright guys, welcome back to a, another edition of Texans Unfiltered. A Houston football podcast for your Houston Texans. I am Yangari Gold and I am back. Baby, I am back. Sputnik, thank you so much for filling in. Congratulations on your uh, on your fantasy football victory. Uh, I'm glad you didn't gloat too much because uh, that was end of the podcast was really hard to listen to last week. Uh, but uh, I'm here. I'm coming off of an amazing vacation with the family. I think we did a little bit of everything while on vacation. I don't know if I've done a vacation like that before where we were just literally busy doing something new every day. Uh, it was a blast. It was nice to unplug. Uh, but I am here, and I'm with my friend and co-host, John Wade, the Car- Garnet Texan. Um, John, uh, you know, I guess let, let me get it, let me do some house cleaning before we, we get into talking. So uh, Run Game Clothing, obviously the sponsor of Texans Unfiltered. Go to RunGameClothing.com, promo code Unfiltered for 15% off of your uh, – uh, your purchase, Run Game Clothing, is your spot for all Houston sports swag and merchandise. Uh, we are still looking for somebody with a marketing background. If you guys have a marketing background and you want to help us take this to the next level, we would really appreciate it. Uh, Electric Engineer, thank you so much for taking over the Instagram. Uh, again, shout out to Sputnik for um, for filling in for me last week. It was great. It was nice to be able to kind of unplug and not not have to worry about anything else. Um, while I was on vacation with the family and enjoying Christmas. I hope everybody had a great Christmas. I hope you guys are getting ready for a good New Year. Uh, one last house um, I, one one last house cleaning, whatever they call it, thing. We don't do this a lot, but um, I want to shout out to one of our own, Jonathan Salas. Um, he is an Austinite, and he's one of our uh, bigger supporters. Um, great dude. Uh, I've had lunch with him. Um, I talked to him on Twitter quite a bit. His wife recently became an entrepreneur um, and started a, a business, uh, the Simple Nail Store. So if you guys like to support people who are trying to come up and do their own thing, uh, you know, I ask that you go to uh, colorstreet.com backslash the Simple Nail or go to her Facebook, which is at the Simple Nail Store. And if you're like me and you have a 14-year-old daughter who's always having to go get her nails done and spending $60 on manicures or whatever else that they may need, uh, it's a pretty cool little product. Um, I'll be scooping some up here in the next week, but um, just wanted to make sure I gave that a shout-out. So go to colorstreet.com backslash The Simple Nail uh, or go to Facebook and type in uh, The Simple Nail Store and look at some of the things they have there. It's, it's pretty neat what they're doing. So, all right, John. What a big game we had yesterday. Lots of just ups and downs, peaks and valleys. Uh, really just a suspenseful game against the Titans. You know, oh, man, I don't even know where to begin with this one. Uh, you know, DeAndre just didn't look right. Uh, Laramie Tunsil was getting blown by by Jarrell Casey. It was just, uh, it was a mess. It was a mess, and... But luckily, the Texans and A.J. McCarron pulled it off. All right, obviously, DeAndre was inactive. Larry Tunsil was inactive. Yesterday's game didn't even mean anything. Honestly, me and Devin went to the bar and watched it, and I think all we did was talk all, all the whole game. I, like, looked up a couple times. A.J. had a great game. Uh, in my opinion, a lot better game than I expected. The first half was competitive. I thought for a second there they might have uh, 
they might have pulled it off, but then the run defense just decided to just not tackle anymore. Yeah, they just got kind of beat up. First off, I am very, very grateful you are back. It's a little bit harder to host when you never host. So thank you for coming back from California for a minute there on Instagram. I didn't think you were going to. I thought you were, like, stuck in snow or something. Snow, whale watching, Universal Studios. Uh, I mean, we did everything. We were in Big Bear. It was just – it really was – it was one of those trips that – as a father of three and married for 15 years, like you, I'm going to look back on and be like, that was one of those vacations when my kids are older and we're at, we're at their Christmas with their kids. And we talk about that. It was, um, it was really just a blast. I mean, it really was fun. My parents were with us the entire time. Uh, whale watching is, is just an experience that I don't think many people realize how cool it actually is. It's, I mean, you saw the videos on Instagram, John, I mean, the dolphins were literally, they were right there, um, literally right by us. It, it was so cool. It was so cool. So I didn't want to come back, um, and eventually I, I'll probably be back out there at some point in my life living. But um, right now I am not, and, uh, yeah, it was great. It was nice. I think the best part, John, honestly, about the vacation was really just, I you know, I wasn't even on my phone much. I don't know if anybody noticed, but, like, I didn't tweet as much as I would normally tweet. Um, I was really in the moment. Um, kids didn't have their phones too much. We just kind of were in the moment as a family, and it was nice to just kind of fully unplug away. And uh, we had a great Christmas, a white Christmas. It was cool. No, it definitely looked like it. Granted, my little boy did ask where y'all were at. <laughs> and then we went and saw his grandparents, and he got to go ice skating, and he completely completely forgot. But for, there was a day there where he was like, where's Parker? Where's James? I'm like, dude, they're not even in town. Why has this come up today of all days? <laughs> up, and obviously, yeah. as you can tell, we have so much to talk to about, about the Titans game. I mean, it's just, you know, just so, so much happened. and Yeah. But not really. We all knew what was going to happen once we had absolutely nothing to play for. All of our starters were benched. And football, to begin with, especially in the NFL, lots of times it's just about the team that wants it more. And the Titans had to. If they went out there and they almost laid an egg, is what it looked like in the first half, if they had gone out there and blown it, that would, I think, give credit to everybody that talks about us being the kings of shit mountain because the Titans are the second-best team. Granted, even though they did eventually get their running game going, I, if I was a Titans fan, I would be a little bit concerned about how they played against our team when we were essentially rolling over, but, you know, is what it is. My parents are Titans fans, so if we lose and they win, I'm I will go for the Titans. And even though I'm one of those people that really wants to make, I really want to make it a rivalry. But you know, oh yeah. my god, family, family, family. If they're wrong, family doesn't matter in sports, John. All that matters in sports is you know having a little bit of fun. Yeah. Well, all right. So let's get into our game recap. So AJ played a better game than I expected. Uh, we got our first touchdown on our first drive of the season in week 17 with A.J. McCarron under snap. Wow. And that first drive actually looked really good. It's a great drive. <laughs> it was a great drive. I know for a fact there were people on Twitter saying, huh, I wonder what this offense would look like with A.J. McCarron as the starter. I guarantee you people have that in their drafts on Twitter, but they knew they couldn't send that out. 
No, they did send it out. There was quite a few out there that that I read. Could you imagine AJ with the starters, or even kind of joking around? Well, not even joking around. I almost got into the. Oh, I almost sent this tweet joking around. It's let's use AJ as our opener, like they do in baseball. But no. Yeah, I saw Sean Pendergast send that out. Yeah, he beat me. By, he beat me by about thirty seconds. So I, yeah. I let it go. And you know, we're all just having fun with a game that meant nothing. Obviously, AJ is an adequate backup. We're actually, I feel a little bit more comfortable if you know Watson gets hit in the head and has to take a series or two off. However, if we're going to rely on AJ to do anything in the playoffs, he's not that good of a backup. This is not Nick Foles. No, that's fair. Uh, all right, now on to the Bills. I really don't think anything else matters. Like we're not gonna we're not gonna break down the the game from yesterday. Um, it, it meant nothing. Just for we reference, are, our highest rated player by fantasy or pro fantasy football, pro fantasy focus. I can't talk tonight. This is not pro football. Talk. Pro football. There we go. You know, one of those words. There's a P. There's an F. And I'm just gonna make it up in between. Was Chris Clark? Yes, yep. that Chris Clark was our highest rated player. And he didn't have like that great of a grade. <laughs> I think it was a 72. <laughs> Just to throw that out there. <laughs> Just so everybody's kind of like, oh, really, Chris Clark? We're going to be great in the playoffs. We have Chris Clark. No, 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 no. No, it was just like a average grade for a tackle. But, uh, yeah, Chris Clark was the highest graded. Granted, that would uh, be a great grade for one of our tackles last year. <laughs> that'd be a great grade moving forward for Roderick or Chris Clark in the rest of the playoffs. No, they've actually performed better. They ha- We had a game where everybody was above 80. So he's had even he's had better games. Mm. I don't follow PFF like you. Yeah, I wish I did. You're, I'm, I'm, I'm one of those that I completely agree with it. When they say something we like, we're going to cherry pick it. When they say something we don't like, they're idiots. Yeah, I just go off the eye. I, I can't get into all the analytical stuff, DVOA stuff. I just, I don't know, it's so much. Like the analytical aspect of football, like if you really want to get into it, you're going to, people call YouTube a rabbit hole. Like, if you were to really dive into the stats and analytics of football, oh, my God. No. Well, I mean, since we're going to go in that rabbit hole just a little bit, here's the problem with analytics in football. Sample size. It's just not enough games. There's not enough plays. Now, there is information that does come up that is that is useful and interesting, and it's a great thing to kind of to kind of start where you look, but keep – in mind that the sample size in football is so incredibly small compared to basketball and baseball where analytics has really, really taken over. It's just not going to be the same in football. There's going to be more outliers. There's going to be more things that just can't be explained because there's just not enough football games. But it is interesting for conversation starters, and I think it is interesting when you don't quite know where to look. Where It helps guide you on where to start looking. And then there are some that are, are valuable where they show trends. But at the same time, they talk about with the, with the Texans running too much on first down. You can also see that with your eye. Like you don't need an analytic to tell you that we run too much on first down. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's get into these Buffalo Bills, John. Um, so I'm not scared. I mean, Texans Twitter this week is it's been a bit weird. It's 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 really there's no middle. It's kind of like the Bill O'Brien Deshaun Watson fault thing. 
it's it's not it's it's either one or the other. This week it's really been oh I'm not scared of the Buffalo Bills. Uh, I'm terrified of the Buffalo Bills. Um, I really don't see any common ground. Uh, just I guess a quick summary of kind of my thoughts on the on the on the Buffalo Bills. I, I think they're a good team. I think they have a, a really good infrastructure around them. Um, I think they're doing exactly what they should be doing with Josh Allen. If you look at who Josh Allen has, um, as far as weapons go, there's really not much. Yeah, there's John Brown and there's Devin Singletary. Um, but, you know, and Cole Beasley shows up occasionally. But outside of that, there's really not a lot of talent on the offensive side of the ball. And uh, Josh Allen is hes having a good year. He's having a really good year. We had Jordan Palmer on. He told us about Josh Allen. He told us about the arm strength. He told us all about what he loved about him and why he wanted to work with them. Um, the Bills, it, you know, it's funny. The Bills are, and maybe this is blasphemy, but the Bills are what people expected the Browns to be this year. Nobody thought the Bills were going to be this team. Nobody expected them to go, what they finish? I think 10-5 and five, um, because they lost to the Jets yesterday. Uh they, no, nobody expected that. Nobody expected them to come in and um, and have the season that they've had. But a lot of it has to do with the fact that just who they have in place in the front office, their coaching staffs. Uh, you know, Leslie Frazier is a veteran defensive coordinator. Sean McDermott is a he's he's a veteran coach, not a head coach, but a veteran coach in this league. He's done a really good job in Buffalo. Um, changing the culture and changing what they're doing up there. Uh, you know, previous to this season, Buffalo Bills were, you know, down there with the Redskins and the Browns. They were a laughing stock. This year, that's not the case. I mean, they really are a good team. They're great on the defensive side of the ball. Um, lots of star players everywhere. Alexa, stop. <laughs> so we have uh, a new guest host this week. We'd like to introduce uh, you to Alexa. Yeah, um, yeah. The Bills are the Bills are a good team, and I really enjoy watching them play. The Ravens game that they played was really good. The Patriots game was really good. Uh, this is a team that should not be taken lightly. You should not base your opinion on who they were as a franchise prior to this season, because they are a different franchise, and uh, it's a playoff game. I would. I wouldn't. I'm not scared because I don't think the the only team that scares me in the AFC is the Ravens. Outside of that, no other team in the AFC scares me. I think we can compete with anybody else. But the Bills have a good team. Yeah, we can compete with them, but I think that it's one of those teams. They they're put together. They're very well self scouted. I guess is the best way to put it. So they know what their weaknesses are on offense. They know what they're they're actually a really good defensive team. And they kind of game plan, and they know how to put a game together around it. They The type of players that they put around Josh Allen are the type of players that kind of complement him. Um, he's better with short passes, even though he does have a, an absolute cannon for an arm. So the receiver profiles typically guys that can run out and get it. And then you have to give him a lot of credit on defense. Like We'll get into it a little bit more, but I am impressed with what they have put together on the defensive side of the ball. However, saying that, if we had a healthy Will Fuller, I think that we would have enough weapons to really kind of neutralize that. I mean, who wouldn't want to see Will Fuller against Kevin Johnson in the playoff game? And 
who's honestly, or who are you honestly going to feel better about, Will Fuller or Kevin Johnson, in a playoff game? However, unfortunately, just because you know it's worth the Texans, Kevin Johnson is somehow healthy for a playoff game, and of course, Will Fuller is not. And Kevin Johnson is playing, having a very, very good year for the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, he's playing like a cornerback that should have been drafted in the first round. And we've even talked about this previously. It, with him, it was always about health. And he's been healthy, and he's putting together the type of season you would expect him to put together when he's healthy. Yeah, yeah. Um, the defense, it's young, it's fast. Uh, they do a lot of a lot of different things. Uh, Tremaine Edwards is having a great year. Um, obviously, Lorenzo Alexander. Uh, Tredavious White might be the best cornerback in football. A lot of people would say Stephen Gilmore. I, I don't know um, where I would go. Maybe a 1A, 1B. Jerry Hughes is quick off the edge. Um, I mean, Micah Hyde is a very good safety. They they have players all along their defense. Obviously, at Oliver, um, Star Latulule. I mean, they, they have they, – they, they, and this is with Shaq Lawson out. I mean, they they have, they have players on defense. They have a real defense, and it could give this offense fits. Yeah, this is the type of defense that, with the games that Deshaun has disappeared in, this was the type of defense that you'd be afraid of. Yeah, this is kind of. Um, if this game ended up being like the Panthers game, I wouldn't be surprised. Well. I would actually say their defense is closer to the Buccaneers. No, no, no. I'm not saying their defense is like the Panthers. I'm saying the game itself. If this oh, game yeah. ended, if if this game ends like the Panthers game ended, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I, yeah. Unfortunately, I would say stylistically, this defense is closer to um, what the Buccaneers put out, except the Bills have better corners. Much better corners. Not quite as good in the not quite as good with their safety play, but their corners are better, and they're gonna inter- and their pass rush is gonna come from the interior, which we've actually had very solid uh, play from both guards and our center surprisingly this year. But our biggest weakness right now is Roderick Johnson and Chris Clark out at right tackle. The Bills really haven't had an outside pass rush. But when you're able to attack our weakness and their strength is going up the middle like that, kind of scares me. Yeah, I also think just the fact like we saw what Jerry Hughes did to us last year. Um, we saw what um, – oh, there was another one last year. God, he had two sacks against us. Um, anyways, uh, we saw how quick Jerry Hughes can get off the – Get off the line. Uh, I mean, he's a, he's a speed rusher. Uh, he shows up in games. Um, he's 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 really good. And when you add that to Roger Johnson or Chris Clark, um, yeah, it's a recipe for disaster. Add that to their interior pass rush, and things could look a, a little different for us. Now, I'm not going to say that I expect this. I, I expect the Texans to lose because I don't. Um, but. I do expect this to be a really, really good game. I expect this to be a very tough game. Um, and I think a lot of what they do uh, could, could, you know, it, it's going to hurt us. It's not, this is, 
isn't going to be a game where we we roll over the Buffalo Bills. If you think that that's the case, then you haven't been paying attention to the NFL this season. Yeah, just for reference, it was. So let's get let's get was, into kind of. It was Lorenzo Alexander last year that had 1.5 sacks against us. This year he's only had two for the whole year. So last year he pretty much matched that in one game, and that was against us. Granted, our offensive line is much, much better than it was last year. Just kind of putting that out there. Yep. Uh, All right, let's hop into the offense of the Buffalo Bills. So Josh Allen, second-year quarterback. Uh, we're pretty familiar with him, or at least our listeners should be, uh, uh, having Jordan Palmer on the year that Josh Allen was drafted. Uh, Jordan Palmer also was with uh, Kyle Allen and Sam Darnold that year. Uh, his strength is the short passing game. Uh, one of the key stats that stood out, and this is from one of the Buffalo Bills podcasts I'll be on this week. Uh, I was talking to him. Uh, he's number one in the league in third and eight conversions. So third and eight or longer. He is the number one quarterback. That is frightening because <laughs> if he's going to convert on any of those long third downs against any team in the playoffs, it would likely be the Houston Texans. Aren't we the worst team on third down? <laughs> well, which is crazy because before JJ went down, we were like top five. Yeah. But, yeah, we are we are one of the worst teams on third down. That's what happens when you don't have a pass rush. Yeah, well, we'll get into that a little bit later. Uh, he's also number one in fourth quarter passer rating. So let that sink in for a little bit. So in the fourth quarter, that's when he starts turning on, according to um, according to um, Mad Men Sports, uh, which is one of the Buffalo Bills podcasts. Um, he they they the offense decides to the offense coordinator and Sean McDermott decide to let him loose. They kind of take the handcuffs off and say, okay, go ahead, go play ball. Um, and that's when he starts to to do some of the things that he's doing, and that's what's led to him being having the number one uh, pass rating in the fourth quarter this season. Well, a good thing about that is that's also about the time that Deshaun typically wakes up. Uh, yeah, typically. Typically. Um, we'll get into the 3 o'clock Saturday game. Uh, concerns a little bit later in the podcast, but uh, yeah. So uh, Josh Allen, um, his weakness uh, this year is the D ball, which is you know kind of surprising given his 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 arm strength. I mean, the, people talk about Mahomes' arm strength. Uh, Josh Allen is on par, if not maybe a little bit stronger than Patrick Mahomes. Now he's not sitting on his knees throwing from the end zone. He's not doing all that cool, twerky shit that Patrick Mahomes does with his little curly hair, Jufro. But Josh Allen has a cannon for an arm. Absolute cannon. Uh, Leads league in rushing TDs for quarterbacks. Uh, Number two would be our boy, Deshaun Watson. So uh, he can run. Um, I think he has like 500 yards rushing or something like that. Uh, maybe 600 yards rushing. He's uh, Josh Allen. You know, three weeks ago I got into it on Twitter with somebody telling me that uh, he's not scared of Josh Allen if we were to play the Bills in the in the playoffs. And I told him, "Have you watched any of Josh Allen's games these, this year? Or are you just going based off of last year?" And he goes, "I've seen it enough. He's not accurate." Um, 
I, I really like Josh Allen, and I think how the Bills are are developing him and what they're doing with him is how you how you this is how you should develop a quarterback. You should limit the mistakes. You know, game plan the scheme and and the offense around what his strengths are. And just continue to develop him. And as he shows confidence and shows the ability to do the things that you need him to do in your offense, you start to add more wrinkles to the offense. And that seems to be what the Buffalo Bills are doing. This is a second-year quarterback uh, leading a team in a in a division where the Patriots are in your division to a ten and five record. Oh, wait, ten and five? That doesn't sound right. Ten and six. Right. It has to be ten and six, right? Right. And is there six yeah, ten, games? Ten and six. Sorry, ten and six. Ten and six. Ten and six. Um, oh, I kept saying that. But um, so ten and six record. I mean, they play the Patriots twice a year. They play the Dolphins twice a year. Who? Yes. While the Dolphins are a dumpster fire, did you guys see what happened yesterday against the Patriots? The Jets. They could just turn it on at any moment and be a competitive team. So, you know, even though the records indicate that it's a shit division, um, it's a pretty tough division. Um, and, yeah, I'm just – I don't know. I, I, I like Josh Allen. I really do. I like I like the Bills. Uh, I know in Houston you can't like the Bills, uh, given what they did 26 years ago, 27 years ago, however long it was. But, yeah, I think um, they did that to the Titans. Exactly. That's the way I look at it. Um but the Bills are a cool. They're a cool team to follow. Their fans are just the I maybe the best in the league. Um, hide passionate your, fans. Hide all of your folding tables. Hide all your folding. Yeah, and, and they're going to be out too. They're, they're they're just so everybody understands. Do not be surprised if this. It's like a sixty cent Texans, forty percent Buffalo Bills. This team travels extremely well. They have a bar in Midtown dedicated to the Bills. It's Christian's uh, tailgate. They are – it's a big thing. And uh, the fans are going to be there. And they're cool people. They're really fun people. So uh, make they're sure you guys are friendly to them. Be friendly with yeah. them. They're more pessimistic than we are, believe it or not. Yeah. They have uh, sex in, in the parking lot prior to a game and just don't care if people watch. So that's cool. So they're like Cleveland a little bit as well? Yeah, yeah, not to an extent. I would never want to put another team in the Cleveland category because Cleveland's just pure trash. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, they definitely – they just have fun. They're the crazy without the trash. How's that sound? There we go. The crazy without the trash. I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get into the way that Baker Mayfield season ended here shortly. Uh, um, but, yeah, so, I mean, I, I, the Bills, obviously, you know – it's it's their first year really coming out. Um, lots of unknown. Um, they're playing at a pretty high level. The defense is really the backbone of this team. Uh, they do have Devin Singletary and Frank Gore as their running backs. Uh, Devin Singletary started to turn it on at the latter part of that season. Um, anybody who plays fantasy football should know who Devin Singletary is. Uh, and then they have their own Will Fuller, but he happens to stay healthy and is always a go for them in John Brown. Keyword this year, John Brown stayed ha- healthy. Uh, the only reason that John Brown is on the Bills is because he had injury histories in the past. However, this year, of course, they're doing something up in Buffalo because they can both keep John Brown and 
Kevin Johnson healthy? I mean, if you're looking around at a strength and conditioner or nutritionist or whatever thing to steal from a, a staff, people should take a long look at Buffalo. They're not really a long look. It's like, who can you poach? How did they keep the two of them healthy? Yeah, no, for sure. Um, you know, what's funny is uh, the Redskins let go of their um, their strength and conditioning guy who's been there for 17 years um, today, just FYI. But uh, he's also the same guy who let Trent, or Trent Williams play with cancer. So I'm uh, not sure if he'll have another job, but we'll see how that goes. We'll be sure to keep an eye on that. Um, yeah, no, I, I think – like, with John Brown, obviously we know what speed can do to an offense. Um, you know, they're going to have to play a lot of mixed coverages. They're going to have to shadow over top because uh, he can he can, he can can turn them on. And, he, I mean, he can really turn them on. This is a guy that I wanted to sign in the offseason due to Will Fuller's um, health concerns. Uh, I said it in the offseason. This would be the one guy that I would want to sign on offense that I thought could make the difference for this team. And if you had John Brown on this team, uh, we wouldn't see a lot of the struggles that we've seen offensively as far as from an inconsistent standpoint. But, I mean, that's pretty much the Bills' offense. There's really not much more to it. I mean, it's John Brown, Devin Singletary. Um, Occasionally Cole Beasley makes an annoying catch. On third down. Yep. They don't, um, have a, they don't really have a tight end to speak of. Um, no, they have – so their tight end is uh, Knox. Uh, from what I've heard from Mad Men, Knox is super raw, but for being out of nowhere, third rounder, he's better than he should be. He was thrown to 90 times in college. It was a hard It was hard to get looks in that offense. Um, but they, they said that he's having a decent year for them, so – um, let's get to the part that we should probably worry about the most is this defense. And I say that, and then, you know, the Bills hang 47 on us. So not to disregard their offense, but I think our offense is better than their offense, so I'm not really too concerned. I think our defense can slow their offense down a little bit, but um, it's it's the defense that worries me the most. So let's get into it. So, Number three total defense, number six in DVOA. Um, for reference, DVOA metrics hate, hate, hate us. Number 26 on defense and number 16 overall. That's John. Uh, Bills, number four passing defense, number 10 rushing defense, number 12 in sacks. They are the number 31 scoring defense, but that's kind of like one of those fluky stats. Um, some teams can just get lucky with scoring, just if it all breaks right. Uh, they're number eight in interceptions. Anything, John? No, again, we kind of touched on it a little bit. They are very good at stopping stopping the pass. Um, I'm surprised they only have 12 sacks, but we kind of touched on it a little bit with the fact that they don't have an outside pass rush. Um. Jerry Hughes is a, is a great, great player. He's one of those guys that I don't think it's enough respect around the league, and we should definitely be on the lookout for him. And then we all know who Ed Oliver is, especially in the Houston area. He's still a rookie, but he's had a very solid first year, and this is one of those teams that they've put together a lot of pieces. 
and they could be very annoying in the future. And this week, when they're that young and they're that hungry, again, the defense should – I don't want to necessarily say scare because, again, if we had if we had a healthy Wolf Fuller, I don't think that we would have too much – I think that we would match up a lot better against them than we do. But without a healthy Wolf Fuller, with us trying to focus on Hop, that's one of those where Tredavious White does actually scare me because he may – in my opinion, I think he's better than Stephon Gilmore, which is surprising because Gilmore's a Gamecock, and I'm usually a homer. But I think that Tredavious White is an ac- absolute player. When we were talking about uh, scenarios over the summer, of what players will you be okay trading Jadavian Clowney for? He was the first one on the top of my list. And of course, it looks like it was absolutely wishful thinking because he has turned into a great, great corner for them. Yeah, and to add to that, in 599 coverage snaps, Tredavious Wright has only allowed zero TDs this season. So, uh, for you stat guys out there, I know you guys are out there, uh, Tredavious Wright is really good, and he's going to be on DeAndre. One thing I want to get away from, John, I think we need to get away from this as a fan base, but I also think we need to get away from this as a podcast, too. I think we need to get away from the if Will Fuller was there. I think as a as a fan and also just as our you know our product, I I think I don't think you can count on Will Fuller anymore. I don't think that that should be something that is talked about. I don't think it's something that we need to worry about anymore. Um, I think if he plays, great. But if he does not play, it kind of is what it is. And I honestly expect this game to be one of those games where I think the offense will click even without Will Fuller. I I could just hear it in Bill O'Brien's voice during the press conference the other day when he – I forgot how he said it, but he goes – I forgot what he said. But he basically just kind of dismissed Will Fuller and and talked about the guys that are going to be out there, and that's really all we can do. Like we can't basically count on him to be out there anymore and – for me, that what that signifies, because that's the first time he's done that, is, okay, we're, we're not game planning anymore on building this offense around having Will Fuller in it. We're just going to build the offense the way that we need to build the offense to win. And we're going to let Stills take that role. Whoa, 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 whoa. If we have to get away from talking about Will Fuller, what am I going to do for a built-in excuse when we heartbreakingly lose? Yeah, yeah, that's what all of Twitter is looking for. You know, I mean, that's kind of – the thing that we're going to – if we lose, we're going to spend half the winter, so just get ready because we're going to try not to, but it's going to be the Texans conversation. And, and we honestly, we do pay attention to Twitter and we do talk about it. But here's the story all winter if we lose. Well, if we had a healthy Will Fuller and if we had a healthy JJ, no matter what happens, no matter how either one of them, if they do play in this game, that's going to be the story all winter. So prepare yourself. Hopefully we don't lose because I don't want to hear us using that story on the Bills. I'd rather us be using that story on a team that actually does potentially go to the Super Bowl. And, yeah, but just prepare yourself now. I mean, John, you dismissed the Bills to say that they can't make a Super Bowl run. I think if I had to pick a wild card team that, 
is kind of built to be able to play and make a run in the playoffs. I think the Bills actually are kind of built to, like the team that would shock them. I can see it, but I think that the, it's less likely. Right now, however, oh, yeah, right now, however, Vegas would actually agree with you. We are the team that has the lowest odds of making the Super Bowl out of all the playoff con- playoff content or all the playoff teams. That's because we we're inconsistent. Texans. We're inconsistent. The Bills are not. The Bills aren't inconsistent. They're in every game they play. I don't know what to tell you, John. Um, and I don't disagree with you. I I would say that our ceiling is much, much higher than theirs. However, our floor, I would agree. Our floor is definitely the lowest of all the playoff teams. There's no disagreement with that. I do not know. And, again, we pay so much attention to the Texans, so this may be just us being too close to it. But a team that just could bottom out worse than the Texans, maybe, I don't know. I don't know of any of them. What if in the off season the topic isn't if we had a Will Fuller, if we had a healthy JJ? What if the conversation is is Deshaun the guy? I don't see that happening by Houston. Texans I'm not saying it is. Oh, God, no, no, no. Yeah, Texans fandom, there's no way that conversation. That's about three years from now if Deshaun continues on the trend he's on now. But, yeah. I'm not saying that's going to happen either. I'm just wondering if if he has another game like he did against the Colts in the playoffs last year against the Bills. If that happens again, that's a fair conversation to have. But we all know that it's not going to be Deshaun that they're – Who's had their calling for it'll be Bill O'Brien's, right? And we'll, if we're like other franchises, we'll fire the head coach, and Deshaun will do it to another coach, and they'll say, "Well, that was a bad coach too," and here we go again. So we'll see. Um, but it's also the, kind of the nature of the NFL because you don't go out and draft or even develop a quarterback that's better than Deshaun you go out and you luck into a quarterback that's better than Deshaun. Yeah. And I also think, like, so we need to kill all this right now because this is positivity we're on. We're, we're on. We'll have a whole offseason to talk about things like that if that's if that's the outcome of the situation. Uh, I do expect Deshaun to show up, and I think he's going to have a big game. I don't think the day Saturday thing is going to play a part, but um, I, I just wanted to throw it out there just, in, you know, in case that is – potentially the conversation, just like he said, it could be with Will and, and JJ. Um, I, you know, you guys touched on it last week and, you know, we've touched on it before. This is really Deshaun's second year. The first year really doesn't count. He played a total of seven games. He started six. Um, he tore his ACL. He had to rehab and come back. And it's just, this is his second year. Last year was his rookie year. This year's his sophomore slump. If this is the sophomore slump that you're getting from Deshaun Watson, then you're probably okay. <laughs> if if that's what you're getting. If it's a slump year. 
I need you to stall for half a second because I'm curious to how many games uh, Josh Allen has started versus how many games Deshaun has started. Okay. Yeah, yeah, go uh, ahead. Um, let's see. Josh I think Allen that with... has started 28 games. Okay, well. So he's missed four. And I think Deshaun has started 39. No, started 38. Started 38. So Deshaun yep. has about half a season on Josh Allen. We'll go with half a season because we'll include the playoff games. That's something to keep in mind. It is literally only his second season, pretty much. So uh, Deshaun's going to get better. All right, let's let's get into um, let's get into the Texans' game plan against this Buffalo Bills defense. Um, I typed a lot. I typed a lot. I broke it down by segments and 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 position groups. Um, we'll start with the most obvious one. Deshaun Watson has to be spot on. This defense is going to test him early, and they're going to test him often. This offense has to get going early. It cannot be one of those games that we start slow. That's been every game that we've played this year. We have started slow. I'm hoping, I'm praying to God that this is the game where everybody is awake. Dude, this is this game should be a Duke Johnson game when it comes to Deshaun Watson. Like this should be a Duke Johnson. Yes. Very much involved in the passing game. I think the plan of attack for this game should be very similar to how it was against the first game against the Titans and the game against the Patriots. You kind of yep. know that they're going to try and take Hop out of the game. So for the first three quarters, you ignore that Hop even exists and use all those other weapons around you. And if Deshaun can do that, I think that we can really do some damage to this defense. It's just, will we fall into a panic mode where he tries to start force-feeding Hop? Because at that point, that's when the game comes kind of a coin toss. Because sometimes you can, that can happen. Uh, your best player just takes over the game. And DeAndre Hopkins will be the best player on the field defensively or offensively when it's our offense versus their defense. Like, there's no doubt about that. DeAndre Hopkins will be the best player on the field at that point. However, Tredavious White is a very good, very good, very, very good corner. And what sort of help will he have on Hop? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's going to be key. It's going to be interesting to see. I think one of the things I wrote down on the wide receivers is uh, playing Hopkins in the slot a lot. Um, Just because we've seen the success that he's had when he's played in the slot this season. Um, But yeah, I mean, Deshaun and Duke, that's, that's really, you're right. Like, the Patriots game plan ha- that we use has to be exactly what we do against the Bills. My only concern with that is because that offense and the game plan is, is out there and it's it's it can be watched by the Bills coaching staff is that that's how they prepare for this game. If that's how they prepare for this game, that that kind of worries me. Because at that point, then it's like, okay, if you take away Duke and you take away Hop, I don't know. I think that we have the potential to still be able to move the ball and score. I guess I'm worried that it won't be executed. 
that's one of those where I hope that Deshaun just, you know, falls in love with Kenny Stills. Because that's, that's the scenario where Will Fuller would take over a game, and he's done it before. And Kenny Stills is, is capable of playing that role. If you pull up, you don't, I know you're, we just kind of had our rant earlier about the metrics, but if you pull up the metrics and you kind of look at the routes run and the success rates, Kenny Stills is about as close to Will Fuller as you can get. We talked about it last week, and part of it, I think, is at this point, Deshaun just does not have that same trust in him. Well, if he's going to develop that trust, it needs to be this weekend. And I don't know what Kenny needs to do. If he needs to buy him flowers, um, buy him chocolates, I don't know, just get, do something, get in his good graces. Um, tell him how much that he absolutely loves Clemson. Uh, Clemson's going to win the national championship. I don't know. Kenny, just tell him whatever he wants to hear because we've got to get that, that bond there. Uh, real quick, I want to go on a, off on a tangent and kind of get your opinion. Um, what is this? Have you heard anything about um, Deshaun Watson's girlfriend? I've seen a little bit on um, on Twitter. Who is it? I don't even know her name. Um, is it is it Hoops? It's not Hoops. It can't be Hoops. I've just seen a lot of blame get thrown her way. Yeah, I'm seeing that too. And to me, that's kind of crazy. But I guess you always need a scapegoat. I don't know. I mean, uh, you know, we've seen... We've seen things where things like this have impacted a player's performance and I don't know I just uh, I saw it and I'm not one to buy into things like that that's not usually where I'll go but um, Joe keeps throwing it on Twitter and it's kind of interesting to me uh, because they started dating at the Pro Bowl like around the Pro Bowl last year Um, so yeah I don't know I just thought I'd throw it out there just kind of see get your thoughts on it her name is uh, Julie Aeneas. Yes, she's a pretty girl. Yeah, she, I mean, of for she's sure, pretty. But what what's her deal? She's verified, blue check mark and everything. Two point eight million followers. Fashion Nova ambassador, H Town in Los Angeles. I don't know. So is this supposed to be like one of the Kardashian things? Kind of. Kind of like that. That's what people are saying. On um, on December 2nd, she posted uh, herself on the field. I don't know. I just thought it was interesting that I was seeing something like that because – not something you typically see, uh, at least with the Houston sports star, right? Like, I know we saw with James Harden or whatever, but, like, outside of that, it's not something you typically see. Um, 
but yeah, it's it's being talked about quite a bit on on uh, Twitter. So I just I thought I would at least bring it up and kind of get your get your thoughts on it. I mean, women are powerful; they can do things to you. Well, he had that girlfriend all through Clemson that that he brought essentially from high school. Oh well, here's uh, great. Well, I click on her story and. Who was out with her last night <laughs> celebrating her birthday at oh, 3 in the morning? Deshaun Watson. All right. All right. I'm going to click out of that now because now, now, now I'm starting. The conspiracy wheels are starting to turn in my head. So, Dude, I can't even believe all right. I'm looking at all these gossip. I mean, since last year's Pro Bowl, Deshaun's been getting around. Seemed like when he was in college, uh, yes. he had he had one girlfriend the whole time he was in college, and since last year's Pro Bowl, he's you know acting like a twenty three year old with a million bucks. So you know what? Well, well, I, I don't the fault funny him. I don't fault him, but I mean, we got some playoff games to win. Yeah. So the funny thing that I found about all of this is I uh, I just googled Deshaun Watson's girlfriend. And if you just on your computer do it, not on your phone, do it on your computer, there are 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 16 different girls, <laughs> all Deshaun Watson's girlfriend. Hey, man, enjoy your life. Just one of the Maybe he's just a, maybe he's a sex addict. Maybe that's his problem. Well, I mean, that worked out for Tiger Woods, so. Well, but it also didn't. <laughs> it it <laughs> for a did little bit. until it didn't. Right. This could be the reverse. It's not going to, but then it will. Well, uh, one girlfriend in college and you win a national championship. 16 when you're in the pros? He liked white girls prior to this. Interesting. Amen. Okay. You date whomever you want. I just hope. Yeah. I, I just hope that the, I, I, you know, I actually kind of hate this scapegoating. Yes, women are power, powerful, but Deshaun Watson's his own man. Even if it is because he's dating a woman, that's still that's him. It's his own man. It's him. Like it's not. It's not her fault. He has to be the one that goes out there to prepare. He has to be the one that goes out there and plays. So. Well, yes. All I gotta remember, like he had Mia Khalifa. And, <laughs> And I'm just saying. So, uh, <laughs> so now we're down. With, we're done with uh, Texans MZ. Yeah, all right. Texans MZ is over. I just thought it was interesting. I wanted to bring it up just in case it was something that came out later on. I, you know, I want us to be able to say we talked about it in the past. And you know, and I'm going to put myself firmly in the camp that says that it's a bunch of bullshit. It's not going to be an excuse that I use. I won't use the excuse either. I just thought it was interesting. I just thought it was interesting. I saw it on Twitter. We we talk about it all here, so I thought I would bring it up. That's it. I think I'm not this saying it's happening. About us that we spend too much time on Twitter because yeah. Well, yeah, my screen time. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's bad. Uh, every Sunday, it reminds me. All right. Uh, so Deshaun, yes. Uh, we go as far as Deshaun uh, takes us this week. Um, I think we really need to get the tight ends involved. I think DeAndre Carter, too, 
I think DeAndre Carter was pr- probably the bright spot of yesterday's game against the Titans. I think um, it, it firmly put DeAndre Carter in Kiki's spot. Uh, Kiki is Kiki's on the move in the off season. There's no coming out. Kiki's yeah, done. After the past couple of weeks, I really need to apologize for DeAndre Carter for ever considering him as a cut candidate because, boy, was I wrong. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, but with uh, DeAndre Carter, I think, I, I mean, what we've seen at times when we need him, we saw it the week prior um, against the Bucks. We saw it yesterday with A.J. McCarron. I think it's – I wouldn't be surprised if this is a DeAndre Carter, Jordan Akins type game. That's kind of where I, what I'm thinking. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe both tight ends get involved. I think we do need to establish a run game, and we do need to establish it early if we want to set anything else up downfield. Uh, but that just kind of goes hand in hand. Uh, play actions, RPOs. They know OB is going to try and run the ball. Uh, Mike Vrabel has made it apparent how he – will just continuously try, 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 try. I think the whole league knows that Bill O'Brien wants to run the ball. Um, I think if we can mix in some more play actions and RPOs. I think the biggest thing this week that probably nobody else is going to talk about is just the fact that this is the game that Deshaun has to learn to throw it away. Negative plays and negative yards in a playoff game will hurt you. They just will. You cannot dance around and try to make something happen out of nothing. If there is nothing there, throw it away. Live to fight another down. Any thoughts on any of that, John? No, you're exactly right. Please, hopefully this is that game where where Watson just takes that step up in maturity. That is something that... It cannot be taught, and it's one of those where he, it's a fine line that he has to walk. You don't want him to throw it away every single time. However, he's got to develop that sense of when to give up on a play. Like You don't want it to be where he gets checked down Charlie or he just loses that aggression and loses that confidence that he can turn nothing into something. And it's almost like, it, again, it just cannot be coached. It cannot be taught. I don't know if you even learn it. It's just something that kind of develops, and one day it clicks for some some quarterbacks. And hopefully, fingers crossed, that this postseason is when it clicks for Deshaun because once it does, that's when our consistency issues won't exist anymore. That's when Deshaun could get hot enough to pull off uh, – like the Flacco run. Like, However, if it doesn't click and he's going to continue to try and be Superman every single time, then, yeah, we're probably going to be very, very sad next week. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I have gotten – I've gotten lots of mentions and messages about how people think I hate Deshaun Watson – because I point out a lot of his flaws. I don't know if any of you guys have kids, but I have extremely high expectations for my kids, and they they tend to disappoint me. But because they disappoint me, my expectations never change. They stay the same. I know, and I'm going through this right now with my 17-year-old son. Um, 
I have very, very high expectations for Deshaun Watson. I think he has everything you want in your franchise quarterback. But there are things he has to do, and he has to change and fix. And one of the things is the maturity aspect and, and being willing to kind of take what is given to him, live to fight another down, throw it away, things like that. He's got to become more consistent. Um, he's got to be able to anticipate his throws. All the things you guys have heard me talk about for 17 weeks or 16 since I missed last week. Um, and this franchise can be a, a top three, four, five franchise in the league, but it all comes down to Sean Watson. Um and I think we'll see it Sunday or Saturday. I really do. I think we'll see it Saturday. Um, all right. Offensive line. Tunsil needs to play a clean game. He has to play a clean game for us to be able to accomplish what we're setting out to accomplish. We can't have any false starts. We can't have any drive killers. He's got to play a clean game and – be that top five, top three offensive tackle in the league, which he has been for us in protection, but those false starts have hurt us this year, John. They have. Um, I would say it's uh, Tunsil has now entered um, a similar conversation that we had about Clowney last year, where do the negative plays offset the positive? And with him, no, the positive still outweighs those negative plays, but we just got to have our it's almost like our fingers crossed. We know he's going to get a false start. We know that it's going to happen. Just hopefully it's at a time that it won't hurt us. And unfortunately, though, the playoffs always seem to be the time that those little penalties can crush you. And the way that these two teams match up is they're matching up like it should be a very close game, a very evenly matched game. And this is one of those weeks where we just – any little thing – matters and if we have back-to-back tonsil false starts that could end up really you know that could it's one of those little things that i hate to say it and i hate to be that dramatic because i hate it when people say one play loses the game but i'm gonna be that person right now and say that yeah if he doesn't have his head on straight and those false starts are a thing it could really cost us the game yeah, um, I agree. Uh, I, I really like how Obi has used Chris Clark and, and uh, Roger Johnson this season uh, once uh, Titus Howard went out. Um, I thought it was interesting. I thought it was unorthodox to just continuously change out your right tackle, uh, keep them fresh. Um, I really hope that this isn't the week that it bites us in the ass. Um, so hopefully that's not the case. Yeah. Uh, Nick Martin Max. Sharping and Zach Fulton need to have their best game of the season to keep D4 clean. While, yes, the Buccaneers' defense is very similar, um, I would say the interior pass rush for the Buffalo Bills is better than the interior pass rush of the Buccaneers. I would say that they're kind of based both on the same principles. The uh, Shaq Barrett is better numbers this year. Than Hughes, but they both do similar things. And, and, and well, those out. are out, those are outside. Right, I'm right, about right. In, in, and that's in, kind okay. of that was kind of my point. Um, so they each have their one outside pass rush. Most of their pass rush is generated from their interior. With the Bucks, it was with it, and it was with Vita I Bay. You, you, no, I can't say his name. And Vita Bay. With the Bills, I mean, Star Louis and Ed Oliver don't have those. 
those names yet, but they're able to generate, they're able to push the pocket and push it in a way that allows Hughes to make plays. Well, it's also Phillips and Oliver. And Sainz and Starla too, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, all right, wide receivers. Yeah, you you mentioned earlier, I think Stills is ready for the fuller workload. Uh, a full, fuller workload like that. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, like I mentioned earlier in Obi's press conference the other day, he kind of seemed like he was overweighting for Will Fuller. I'm hoping that that's the case. It kind of seemed all season that the offense was predicated on Will Fuller playing, and that was the game plan and the scheme. Uh, I, I believe and I hope that Bill O'Brien is building a game plan where um, Fuller isn't a part of it and Stills is just the guy, and that's going to be it. And if that's the case, I think we're going to have a pretty nice day. I think if, if, if D4 can just trust Kenny Stills to be where he needs to be and can make the plays that are needed for this offense to be able to take the next step, um, I think it can be a long day for the Bills. Uh, because while you can, you'll never lock down DeAndre Hopkins ever. There's not a corner in the league that's going to lock him down. You can, uh, you can, um, I can't think of the word. You can potentially contain him, but you will never shut him down. And uh, I think Kenny Stills has a workload this week that might offset that. You would think the way that it matches up. Um, it's either going to be Duke Johnson or Kenny Stills, one of those two that ends up being the, the star of the show. However, I think it would be both, John. You know, it could be the both with um, a nice sprinkling of DeAndre Carter in there. And or Carlos Hyde. Or, Car- or Carlos Hyde. And I would say that this is the uh, the season that we actually have enough weapons that it's not like last year versus the Colts where we had a one-armed Hopkins as our only offensive weapon. That excuse should not be there. There is enough players on offense that can do something. I mean, we haven't even talked about Jordan Akins or Darren Fells. I have, but yeah. I did earlier. Oh, did you? My bad. Yeah. It's okay. You're on your phone. It's yeah. all good. You know, uh-huh. I'm, I'm even on the podcast and I don't listen to it. Yeah, no, it's great. Uh, it's great for the listeners to know our dynamic. Uh, all right. Uh, yeah, I also think, yeah, DeAndre uh, Hopkins in the slot. I mentioned that earlier specifically on third downs, and then I do think DeAndre Carter has a big game. Uh, I even added that if you do play daily fantasy, I would add DeAndre Carter to your lineup. It's a, it's a high-risk, high-reward type situation, um, and he's going to be cheap, cheap, cheap in DraftKings. Uh, all right. Running backs, Carlos Hyde needs to run hard. I, I I don't want to see cuts this week. I want to see him just run hard. I think that's enough. I, I don't I don't think he needs to cut, try to bounce it. I, I think if he just hits the holes. I, I'm wondering, John, do you think that there's a chance that we see Gillespie more this game? No, we haven't seen him at all, all season. Exactly. Exactly. I think with the way that... The Bill O'Brien wants to play. If we were going to see him, we would have seen him already, especially last year when we went without a full without a fullback all year. I just no, we're not going to see him. Not this year. Okay, okay. Um, I expect uh, to see an even amount of reps for Hyde and Duke this game. I actually don't think it'll be just a Hyde game, just a Duke game. I think this will be a, a nice combination of the two. 
I slightly disagree. I think that we'll see more Hyde than than we want because we're going to be yelling because he's going to get the two-yard gains over and over and over again. I think that you're correct on usage, but I think that Johnson will actually have the bigger impact. Okay. Uh, and then I think Duke will have a season high in targets and usage this week. Yeah, we're in complete agreement on that. All right, tight ends. Uh, I believe this is an Aiken State game. I said it earlier while you were on your phone. Um, I think I, I think Fells will be used more specifically in the red zone, but I think this will be one of those games that we see Aikens targeting quite a bit by Deshaun. It's just, I think from a matchup perspective, uh, Tremaine Edwards is a very, very good young linebacker, quick, uh, but when you have Fells, Aikens, Stills, Carter and DeAndre on the field in a five-wide set. I don't know. You kind of have to pick your poison. Yeah, um, Edwards, I like him. Um, or Edmonds, I'm sorry. Um, however, I this is one of those games that if we ever really committed to using both tight ends, how we've seen in flashes, that I think that would be a great game plan. But what do I know? Um, I think that you're closer – being right on this, um, Aikens has consistently shown throughout the season that he should be targeted more, and he's not. And we've seen the type of season that Fels has put together. And so why would we break a trend? Um, Aikens will get those little dump-offs, and Fels will probably get a couple of touchdown passes. How's that go? Yep. Yep, that's pretty much what I said. Red zone for Fels, Aikens the rest of the way. Yeah, I know. I was All agreeing right, with he, you. I was reinforcing the point that you made. I it did was, It was nice. Okay, all right, good. I just wanted to double-check. Uh, all right, <laughs> to the defense, where we get a big boost. We get Captain America himself. Jesus Watt is back in the building. He practiced all of last week. I expect J.J. Watt to start this game. I know Bill O'Brien is playing coy. He is saying that we are taking it day-to-day. J.J. Uh, Watt will be back and will be playing this game. There's no other reason for them to bring him back unless he is playing in this game because yeah. the following week is not a given. So Bill O'Brien can play as coy as he wants. Uh, the rest of the world, Bill, is not dumb. So J.J. Uh, Watt will be playing, and it's a, it's, a huge, it's a huge boost for this defense. It's exactly what we need. Um, you know, J.J. was having a good season before he went down um, by all the analytics and stats and all that other good stuff that you guys, by the eye test, I thought he had a good season, not a great season. But either way, J.J. back is enough to really not push this defense over the top, but it's enough to be able to give a much-needed pass rush boost, and we haven't had it. I mean, we really haven't. This is going to... If you double J.J., Amenahue, D.J., Witt, people are going to get free, and you can't do that. And I, I really think this is going to be great, especially for the secondary, who's played well in the last six games. Um, you know, most of the sacks that we got in the last six games have been coverage sacks. <laughs> they haven't been because the defensive ends have beat their, their tackle or the guard. It's because our corners can cover. Yeah, um, this is... JJ's trying to set it up for his eventual Disney movie. Um, he's hoping that this will probably be like the climax. He comes back from 
from injury that's supposed to be season ending and comes back and he's the hero. And you know what? I am I'm all for that ride. If sign that, me up. You know what? Just sign me up. However, I'll pre-sell. I'll buy the tickets in I, advance. I'm just not even going to talk about like his stats this year or how much better our defense was with him on the field this year. When he, the rumor really started to gain legs that he was actually going to come back. I went through and I was just like watching some like his old commercials to find like a good, good. Is it, I can't even say GIF or GIF or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, something to throw on the podcast. Something to throw on the podcast. And those first couple of years when he was first starting to get famous before he became Captain America, when he was just the jerk bully. You remember him back on the league when he oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. on the show? I want that JJ back. Just do, for do at least a clip? weekend. Just for a weekend. When he's just he's more he's not concerned about being Captain America. This was pre Captain America days, when he was probably been the villain in the in the story, when he was just an absolute ass. I want that JJ back for at least a weekend. Do you do you have the clip or no? I don't have the clip. So you just gave it. us all you just gave us all a teaser. So you were just like we're just gonna we're gonna let you guys think that we were looking and didn't find anything. Maybe we found something. No, I, I mean no I clip. did, but based on last week's technical difficulties and how quickly you wanted to get this out, this off season we'll we'll, we'll start to play with our toys a little bit more and try and figure out some of that stuff. But okay. Okay. Cool. All right, that works. That works. All right. But, yeah, no, I think J.J. being back is going to be big. Um, you know, Whitney was playing really well when J.J. was playing. I think that's going to be a part of it. I also expect Wick to have a big game. Um, you know, we saw with Nick Martin, you see it with players all the time, when they get that that boost of confidence from the front office that they believe in them, they want them here long-term, they're a part of the long-term plan. Uh, you know, Nick Martin is a prime example of what happens. You know, coming into the season, I wanted to sign two – two centers in offseason because Nick Martin was average at best. And now Nick Martin is having a stellar year and it's, you know, I, I don't know. The only reason, only thing you could point at is the fact that he got paid and he was like, all right, it's time to take it serious. I'm going to do it. And uh, I don't think Whitney's the guy that's like, all right, I got paid. I'm ready to perform at a high level. I think he tries no matter what, but I think it's just an added incentive for him this week to go out and just do what he can. And the JJ's back. I just think that plays a part, but the strong part of their line is on the left side where Whitney will be playing. Yeah, and not really going to get too deep into Whitney's contract because it's one of those that could potentially be a steal, could potentially be an overpayment. It's one of those that if it actually stops us from doing something, I think I'll be more upset. People have consistently talked about how Romeo Cornell couldn't make both Whitney and Jadavian Clowney works, so of course it means we won't go after somebody else. Again, that's topics for other for other podcasts. I will say that Whitney plus J.J. Watt at the beginning of the year were absolutely de- demolishing people. So if we can get a little bit of that again, you know what? Whatever. And I love Merciless. Like, just not necessarily as a play- – I mean, he's a solid player, but just as a person on the team – He's a he's a real good dude. So, yeah, yeah, no, I agree. I think with uh, Whitney, I mean, with the contract we can get into that later in the off season. We have plenty <laughs> of time too. I know a lot of people were were outraged on it. Um, yeah, it was a lot of money for sure. Um, I I think what that was though was I also think that that contract that he just received. Part of it was also paying him for his production from the previous years when he was on the. Really, really, really team-friendly deal that he was on for us. 
I think it's a combination of the two. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think with Witt, I think he's a, I think he's a hell of a player. I think he's a top 15 edge rusher in the league. I think when you add JJ, you know, maybe he moves up to top 10, maybe, maybe 10. Um, if you go based off of just what we saw in the first five weeks with JJ, you would say he's top 10. Oh, definitely. I think that when um, JJ, DJ Reader, and Merciless are playing together and playing healthy, they actually complement each other very well. Yeah. And then I think when you add into the fact that Charles Menehue has had a full season now, um, you know, so he's developed, he's shown flashes. So now you're adding back JJ, you're getting getting a Menehue, you have Wit, you have DJ. I think it's a great, it's a, it's a very good pass rush to have. It's not going to, it's not going to be what we thought it could be with Wit, Clowney, and, and Watt, but I think that there's potential there. Um, and that's really all you want, right? That's what you're looking for. When you draft guys, when you build the team, it's built on potential, and um, those guys just have to re- reach it. Um, all right, and then as far as from a defensive game plan, you have to set the edge and stay disciplined when it comes to Josh Allen because he can hurt you with his legs. Uh, probably the one area about his game that really scares me the most is just the fact that those third and eights, I'd love to look and see. Uh, how many of those were picked up with his feet and how many of those were picked up by throws? Because while he is not Lamar Jackson, he is quick enough to keep the play alive and keep and, and get the first down. Yeah, he's closer to Gronk throwing the ball than Lamar Jackson is as a running back throwing the ball, um, which, you know, is kind of an unfair comparison because that's something we should talk about. If Josh Allen was a tight end, wouldn't he be one of the best in the league? You know, why don't why isn't that ever brought up? But I'm not going to go down that path. I'm just going to say running quarterbacks this season have absolutely ter- terrified me, especially any quarterback that can throw on the move because those are the ones that have absolutely gashed us. Jameis looked like he needed to go on the IR until he started moving around, then all of a sudden he was gashing us. Tannehill had his best plays against us when he was running around. So we've shown repeatedly that a mobile quarterback, once he gets loose in the pocket, has been annoying as all hell this season. And that's what hopefully a 80% JJ can kind of help us with. Yeah. I also think just in the red zone, that's probably where my biggest concern is, is just the fact that um, he has enough speed to be able to run it in if he needs to. So uh, I hope Rack, Rack needs to get creative on his blitzes. Uh, last four games, uh, Josh Allen has seen a lot of blitzes, specifically against the Ravens, Patriots, and Steelers. Uh, with that being said, they were in all of those games if they did not win. Um, and then stopping the run is a must if we want to have a chance this week. We can't have another showing of what we had against the Titans yesterday. Now, not much to play for yesterday. I don't know how much you could really – I would probably, if I had to guess, I would say the week, week 15 matchup against the Titans is our run defense. I don't think what we saw yesterday was our run defense. So if that's the case, I think that's enough to get the job done on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, all right, John, anything else to add to this Bills preview? Anything else game plan-wise? Anything else that the listeners need to watch for? All I'm going to actually add to it, what we've gone over, is just enjoy this game. This game should be fun. 
I honestly think that. I don't know. I don't really know if we're going to win. I don't know what Texans team's going to show up because they've been wildly inconsistent. But I will say that this game should be a lot of fun between their fans. Um, if you can get out and socialize with any Bills fans, please do. Um, I've got a couple of friends that are Bills fans that they're. I've been to a couple of their watch parties, and when I lived in uh, the Carolinas, we went to one of their tailgates, and they're just a. They are a lot of fun. Like James wasn't selling them short earlier, and then the style of game we should see, hopefully, no matter which Texans team shows up. Again, the way these teams match up, it should lead to a lot of big plays. It should lead to a lot of exciting plays. But, you know, it is a Texans playoff game, so I'm sure there's going to be plenty of plays where we're just frustrated out of our minds. So let's just try and breathe and get through it, and hopefully we'll have another game to watch afterwards. Yep, I agree 100%. I think um, enjoy the game. If I expect them to win. Um, I really do. I, I, I really... I'm really putting all my trust in Bill O'Brien this week. I really don't think that we've seen the full potential of this team, and I think he knows how to get the full potential out. And I think at times we've seen flashes of it, but we've seen it more consistent this year than we've seen it any other year. And the one point that people tend to not bring up enough is this year we've done a total change over from what we've been in the past. This year we're beating teams we're not supposed to beat and losing to teams we're supposed to beat. If that is a trend that continues, then every game in the playoffs should be very similar to the Patriots, the Chiefs, the Saints, the Colts on the four days rest on Thursday night football. And I I truly expect this team to come out and give everything they have, and I expect us to walk away with at least a seven-point win. Man, I'm I'm liking the world that you're living in. I'm, I'm liking it. So how much should we uh, test fate? Should we wear any of our Oilers gear if we have it? What do you think? Hey, well, I don't have any, so um, I got a hat that won't work. You can borrow if you want. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. Um, I think Bill O'Brien said it right. It's like he was like, Jesus, wasn't that 26 years ago? This we're playing yeah. this game in 2020. Yeah. And again, it was the Titans that it happened to. Hate to break it to everybody, but it was the Titans. So if the Titans were playing the Bills this weekend, they should be the ones all worried about that. Yeah, I'm not worried about that. I think uh, I think it's going to be re- a really good game. I think the Bills are a very tough matchup. I think I, I don't think that there's a matchup in the wild card round that could have been a tougher matchup for us specifically to how we play and how they play. Yeah, I would rather play the Titans. I would rather play the Patriots. Um, but it kind of is what it is. Um, what are your thoughts on the Titans and the Patriots? I think the Titans actually have a real shot at it. I do too. I mean, and if that's the case, we play the Ravens, right? No, we play the Chiefs. If the, the Titans Chiefs. beat the yeah. yes, if the Titans beat the Patriots, we play the Chiefs. If the Titans lose to the Patriots, we get the Armageddon. <laughs> so I'm yeah, I'm pulling for the Titans, admittedly because of my parents. I've been to probably more Titans games than I've even been to Texans games. However, I have a legitimate reason as a Texans fan. I would much rather play the Chiefs than the Ravens. Yeah, I would too. 
I would too. I was thinking about going to the game, but God, just getting back and driving back from California, I just I don't want to do another three hour drive. If it was a Sunday game, I probably would have gone, but it being on Saturday, I've got to work right up to kick kickoff. So awesome. oh God, yeah. Oh, I'll tell you what, I'll be okay. kicking people out of the building at two forty-five. Oh, good. Good thing I don't have a cleaning scheduled on Saturday at two. <laughs> Sorry, man. Gotta go. All right. All right, guys. Uh, you know where you can find us. The outro will take care of the rest. I'm glad to be back. Uh, thank you again to Sputnik for holding it down last week. Uh, and John, with his wonderful hosting skills, taking on uh, my duties and responsibilities. It is much appreciated. I'm glad I could take a week away. Um, with that being said, I will see you guys after a Texans win next week against the Buffalo Bills, and we will discuss our divisional round opponent. I'm Young Ari Gold. Loved this episode of Texans Unfiltered? We'd love for you to be a Patreon supporter. Your support allows us to provide you with the best Texans podcast possible. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at HoustonFBPod and everywhere podcasts can be found. And join our community on www.texansunfiltered.com or on Discord at Texans Unfiltered. Thank you for listening. Until next time.